idea. I'm going to put all these on the ground. I totally get that idea. I know exactly what it's like to want to fit in, and you just don't know how to fit in sometimes. But we're all, we all want to be able to show up somewhere or go to a place and not feel like we're standing out or we don't fit in or we don't belong there. We all want to show up somewhere and feel like, well, I'm a part of things. Like, I'm a part of this. I'm not an outsider to this. I'm not the new person. I don't not fit in. Like, I'm here, and I'm totally a part of it. You know, that's why we're doing a very new, very original series from junior high that we're calling Be Part of It. Now, we're going to do this series for three weeks, and we're going to talk about what does it look like to be part of it in three different ways. What does it look like to be part of it here in junior high? What does it look like to be part of it at your home, where you live, where you go to school? And the third week, what does it look like to be part of it in the world that we live in, people out there who we may not know and how we care for them and take care of them and be part of it with them? So uh, I was at home the other day. My wife uh, is telling me we got to get out of the house. We got to go. We have some place we have to be. And she says, you know, you need to help me get things ready. Has anyone's parents ever told them you got to help get things ready? Cause you got to go, maybe you got to help a sibling out or you got to clean something up or you just got to collect some things and put them in a bag before you go, you go to the beach, you're going wherever. So she tells me, oh, you know, we got to do a bunch of stuff. I'm like, okay, babe, what do you want me to do? Like, how can I help you? She's like, we have just so much to do. We got to get the baby changed and we got to get him dressed and we got to get the baby bag together. We got to get everything down in the car and then we got to get, you know, some snacks because I get hungry on long trips. So, and we were just going down the street, but I would still get hungry. So we got to get snacks for you and, you know, we got, I got to, you know, wash my face and I got to, you know, do all these things. I, Justin's got to brush his teeth because I have smelly breath and so all these things I got to do. And I'm like, okay, babe, I'm like, what can I help you with? What can I do first? She's like, okay, all right, first thing, you know, important, this is really important. First things first, why don't you make the bed? <sighs> the nemesis of the bed. Oh. And I, I look at her, I'm like, babe, with all those important things that we have to do, things with Beckett, things like I got to get my snacks, like we got to get things in the car, we got to get the baby seat in the car, with all these important things we have to do, you want me to make the bed? Like, how is that important? Like, we're going to be home in like three hours and we're going to get back into the bed and go to sleep. Like, no one's coming over. No one's going to see the bed. Like, we have like, you want me to put all 12 of the extra decorative pillows on the bed? Yeah, put all 12 of them on the bed. All 12 decorative pillows on the bed? Why? What's the reason? And she's like, it just needs to be done. You just need to do it. Now, that's a priority for her. I have no idea why, but it's not a priority for me. Like, I would spend zero time on making it. I do spend zero time on making my bed. Why? Because it's not a priority for me. I have other things that are priorities. You know, we usually define priorities by how much time that we spend doing them. Like, why don't you think for a second? Maybe make a, like a very short list in your head. Have you ever ranked your priorities? Have you ever ranked the things that are priorities in your life? And here's the, the real hard question. And you can do this really easy. You could you know, make a little note and do this when you get home. Do it with a parent. Do it with a friend. Because everybody has their priorities. And we usually define our priorities by what we spend most of our time doing. So there's nothing wrong with you playing you know, sports or doing school or sleeping. But the more you spend time doing those things, the more of a priority it is in your life. Like, for instance, who would say they spend more or l more than two hours a day on, a, like, a, on their phone, like doing stuff, just playing games or Instagram or whatever? Okay. All right, that's two hours of a 24-hour day where you usually sleep about eight of that. Like, that's two hours of your day. That's a priority. Who would say that they do some kind of practice 
for a sport or a dance or a music instrument or some kind of practice for fun. Not, not like school for grades, but like something you do extra. And they spend like a good portion of their time doing that. And, and you'd probably say that that's a priority to you because you spend a lot of your time doing it. We spend our time on things that are priorities. But my question is, where does church fall into that? And how does church fall into it? You know, when you think about church stuff and God and your faith, a lot of people would say, yeah, no, totally. God ranks really high on my list. Well, okay, well, how much time do you spend doing God's stuff? Well, well, I don't spend a whole lot of time doing it. Well, okay, well, what, what do you spend doing it? Well, you know, I'll, I'll go to church and you know, maybe I'll pray here and there if I remember. But, you know, I don't do a lot of stuff. And, but, and, but we're fooled into thinking this. We're fooled into thinking that our time with God or our priority with God is about the amount of time we spend doing it and not the quality of that time. You know, we think, well, you know, it, I just got to do more, I guess, right? Like, it's, it's very different from how we think of everything else in our life. Everything else in our life is, well, if you spend a ton of time doing it, it is a priority. But with God, it's not about the amount of time you spend that makes it a priority. It's about the quality of the time you spend that makes it a priority. If you spend 10 minutes of really good quality time with God, and you read something in the Bible, you have a Bible on your phone or a paper one, and you open up and you read something for 10 minutes, and you say to yourself, how can I put that into my life? Like, how can I live out what I just learned? How can I put that into practice? That's making it a priority. If you spend three hours reading your Bible, and you have no idea what you're reading, and you don't put any of it into practice in your life, then you've wasted three hours. Even though you spent three hours, you haven't made it a priority in your life because you're not really making it happen in your life. Quantity of time demands priority when it comes to almost everything in our life. But when it comes to church stuff and God stuff and our relationship, our faith, it's not about the quantity of our time. It's about the quality of our time that determines priority. So here's the thing. Where does church and God and faith rank on that for you? Because here's the thing that I believe. I believe that the priorities that we set say something about us. The priorities we set say something about us. If you are the person, or maybe you know the person, who they're, you know, they, people look at them and they're like, oh yeah, that's like, they're the musician. Okay, when uh, Delaney Miller's not in the room, but when I look at Delaney Miller, I'm like, she's the music girl. Like, she is in the band, she's on leadership, she is writing musicals and plays, like, that. she goes to OSHA, she puts a lot of her time, her priority, her talent into that, and what she prioritizes says something about who she is. She's really passionate about that, she loves that. If you are an athlete and you spend a lot of your time doing sports stuff and you're always doing practices and you're in tournaments and Gavin is a great example of this I love Gavin okay Gavin plays you play soccer right Gavin yeah and you nail it at soccer and he travels around and plays soccer and when I think of Gavin like I don't think oh he's only a soccer guy but I think Gavin's a soccer guy because he makes that a big priority that says something about who he is it's the same thing with your faith if you make God a priority it will say something about who you are you know, if you were to spend 10 quality minutes, you know, think about this, boys, 10 quality minutes in the Bible, and you were to open it up and you were to read something, not for three hours, for 10 minutes, and you read something and you said, okay, I'm going to go put this into practice. You know, I read this thing about forgiveness. I'm going to go forgive somebody. 
I read this thing about, about you know, uh, uh, sharing, you know, where I've done wrong and, like, you know, confessing it. So I'm going to go to my parents and tell them about the five bucks I took. Or I'm going to go to, you know, a friend and told them how I said something mean behind their back and I'm sorry that I did it. And I want you to hear it from me before you hear it from someone else. I read something about how you should care for the people around us. So I see somebody at school and they're crying about something in the hallway. And I'm going to stop and just say, hey, you know, uh, can I pray for you? Or, hey, how are you doing? Or, you know, I'm going to make time for people. Ten minutes, then, is highly valuable because you've made God a priority, and it says something about us. It says something about who we are when we do that. But the hard thing is it's difficult for us to see how that helps us be part of it in the big picture because that sounds really good for you guys at home, like you're at home and you're reading your Bible. What about when it comes to us here at church, though? Like, how does us making this a priority, how does the time we spend together, what makes it so valuable that it would say something about who we are? Well, there is this book in the Bible called Acts. I want to explain it real quick. It was written by a guy named Luke. This isn't on the screen. This is just for the genius note takers who listen to what I say and write stuff down. It was written by a guy named Luke. It was the same guy that wrote the book of Luke. And Luke didn't start off as this, like, in, you know, Jesus-following guy. He started off as a doctor and a historian. He was just a really smart guy who was paid by someone else, a guy named Theophilus, to go and research and then give a report back of everything that he was seeing about these people called Christ followers. Back then, they called it people who were followers of the way. Just like the song we sang, You are the way. Was that, was that, you are the way. Oh, yeah, oh, God. All right, so I'm not a great singer, but you guys get the idea, okay? Like, th- and that's what they called, like, people who followed Jesus back then. They called them followers of the way. And this guy, Luke, went and researched, and they researched in the book of Acts, and that's what Acts are. It's the actions of all these people who, who were hearing about Jesus and following Jesus, and these were the actions, the acts of those people. So in chapter 2, it talks specifically about a moment where Luke was seeing what was happening and he wrote about it. And this is what it says. It's on page 884 in your Bibles. Uh, There are blue Bibles all around the room. Do not hesitate to grab one. You should grab one. All the boys over here, you should all grab a Bible or get your phones out and have your, you know, Bible in front of you. Girls, same deal. Get a Bible out and get your phones out. Because this is what's happening, okay? In chapter 2, Verse 42, this is what he says. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, though they were like the church of this time. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And this is what, let me explain this. They were like a group of people just like us who were getting together and they were learning about faith and they were learning about it together. And they were learning what it meant to be part of it together. Like this Jesus thing for them was very, very new. Like it was super new. So they're trying to figure out what does it mean to be part of it. They devoted themselves. Who like has devoted themselves to something? Like, I mean, and the word devotion is like a serious word. I've devoted myself to three things in my life. I've devoted myself to Jesus because I'm a follower of Jesus. I've devoted myself to my wife because I'm married and I got a tattoo of a bee on my finger. I mean, I'm like as devoted as they get. And I have a son and I'm devoted to him. Like, the word devoted is not a small word. It's a huge word. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, the things that the people who actually spent time with Jesus 
like talked about. So want to learn something really cool? Like this is just a freebie. Like the difference between a disciple and apostle. Do you guys want to learn the difference between those? The girls totally do. Boys, you want to learn the difference? They're like, what? What's going on? All right. So here's the difference. A disciple is someone who learns from someone else. They, like, they sit and they learn from someone else. So, you know, you could say in some ways, like, you're all, like, disciples of mine, you know, in a, in a way, because I'm the pastor and you're, you're here learning and I'm teaching. You know, if you're in a life group, you could say, like, I'm a disciple of my life group leader. I'm going to them because back then, back in Bible times, they, hey, boys, 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 hey, you guys all got to quiet down. You guys all got to quiet down. Tom. Use your big muscles, get over there, and just start throwing guys, like uh, throwing them around if you have to, okay? Quiet down, boys. So they would go, like, Tom, you could get these, just do the arm thing. Show everybody, yeah, you're not messing around. Just throw people if you got to throw them. So uh, the disciples, so you, they would go around and say, in Bible times, they would say, hey, you know, who, who are you a disciple of? And they would say, oh, I'm a disciple of this person, or I'm a disciple of that person. Like, oh, Justin's my youth pastor, I'm a disciple of him, or, or you know, Kenton's my pastor, or Kyle, or, or I'm in Serena's group, so I'm a disciple of Serena. Like, that's what they would say. Apostles are different, though. Apostles were people that actually spent time with Jesus face-to-face, like him in human form. They actually were there. They looked him in the eye, literally, and there's only like a few apostles. There are no more apostles today. There are no more people alive today that walked with Jesus, literally. These guys literally walked with Jesus, and these are the guys teaching. Disciples, there's tons of them. I'm a disciple, you're a disciple. We're all disciples. Disciples of Jesus, disciples of mine, disciples of Serena, whatever. No more apostles. So the guys who were teaching were the guys who actually spent time with Jesus. And they devoted themselves to the teaching, to fellowship, friendship together. Like, I love fellowship. Fellowship's happening right now in this room. You don't even know it, okay? This row of girls right there, that's fellowship. They're all in the same life group. They all know each other. They're all friends, okay? All right, you see these boys over there, the ones who are karate chopping the Bible and, like, being hilarious? All right, you might think that's distracting, and it is, but that's fellowship. Like, that's friendship taking place right there. Like, th- those are, you know, you guys know each other, I assume, and you're having fun. Like, that's, that's fellowship. Here's another example of fellowship. See this kid right here in the Volcom shirt? That kid's name is Jackson, all right? He used to go to JHM. He has moved since, but he's coming back to visit. Is that your friend, Jackson? You know this guy? All right? Yeah? You just say, yeah, Jackson. Say, yeah. All right? So he comes back to visit, and he's seeing old friends. That's fellowship. Like, people who know each other, have relationships. Franny, like, let's use you for an example. Okay, sixth grade, all right? Look at around all your friends. Ryan's here. I mean, fe- fellowship's happening, okay? Fellowship's happening everywhere. Friendship's happening. And that's a beautiful thing. And they devoted themselves to teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and to prayer. These are the things they spent their time on. This is what it meant for them to be part of it. But there's even more. This is, it gets even better. See, because they took steps to be part of it. Like they took little steps to be part of it. Some of them took big steps. Here's some more of the bigger steps. Verse 43. This is what it says in verse 43. You're going to love this. Everyone was filled with awe by the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give anything who, uh, to give to anyone who had need. Verse 44 is the big one. All the believers together had everything in common. Now, you might think, well, they had everything in common. Like, did, did they eat the same stuff and they, they had the same haircuts and they wore the same deodorants and they, they used the same toothbrush? And, like, wh- I mean, where, where does it stop they, having everything in common? These guys 
they had all the important stuff in common. Like all the, the really important stuff they had in common. So when you think, well, what's the important stuff to have in common? Well, you know, with the people that you're a part of it with, it's like, well, we believe the same things. We believe a lot of the same things. You know, we, we you know, live a lot of the same way. We care for people the same way. Like, we have a lot of the same morals. Like, we do a lot of the same things. Like, we have the important big things in common. We value, like, friendship. We value fellowship. We value praying together. We value, like, encouraging one another. Like, we have the big thing. We value student leadership and life groups. We like going to life groups and encouraging each other. Like, we, we like being part of it together. We value togetherness. These guys valued togetherness. Like, they got the idea of making this a priority, and they did it, and they knew being a part of it was taking steps. Like, it's not easy for everyone to get along. I don't even think everyone in this room gets along sometimes. Like, I, it's not, some of these people don't even know each other in this room. Like, I know it's not always easy to think, wait, they all just got along, but this is real. This is how they did it. Like, they found common ground on the things that were really important, and they sold property and possessions to give to those in need. You know, last Christmas, I shared the story at Christmas time. Um, me and my wife were moving, and I was taking some stuff to the dumpster, and there was a guy who was picking through the dumpster. Okay, it's so crazy. And I was like, well, who's this guy? Why is he picking through the dumpster? So he's picking through the dumpster. He's picking through the dumpster. And, and, I, and I say, hey, man, I was like, you know, can, can I give you some stuff? Like, and he's like, yeah, sure. And I bring him, literally, I bring this guy into my house. And I'm moving. So my father-in-law is moving stuff and my wife's moving stuff. Everyone's moving stuff. And I'm there with this guy named Mike who's homeless. And I'm like, hey, this is Mike. We're going to give him some stuff. And I start loading up like these like Trader Joe's bags with like, a bunch of food and like different things. I'm like, here you go, man. And you know, he's leaving. And I look around my house as we're moving. And I'm looking at all the stuff we're moving kind of from point A to point B. And all the things, it's like, man, I could do without some of this stuff. Like I could do without that tent and like those big winter coats. I could do without those blankets. So I run out the door and I run and find Mike. And I say, Mike, come on back, man. Like, you know, I got more stuff to give you. And I'm giving Mike this tent. And I'm giving him these jackets and these blankets. Why? Like, why would I do that? Like, it's not just because I'm a nice person. Like, because nice people do tons of stuff. It's because I follow Jesus. And those who follow Jesus look at other people differently. They look at the stuff they have differently. Like, if you went home and looked at your room and said, man, what could I? And I'm not saying you should do this, okay, but I'm not also saying you shouldn't do this. You look around your room and you're like, man, what could I get rid of in here that would, could help someone else? Like imagine, and this is so important, and this is why. Because sometimes being a part of it means you're doing things that are so out of the ordinary. I mean, imagine, who has a TV in their room? All right, for you who have TVs in your room, imagine going to your parents and saying, hey, mom, hey, dad, I, I want to go sell my TV and give the money to somebody who needs it. Like, they'd look at you probably and think you're, like, you lost your mind. Like, they would be, like, proud of you and excited, but they would think you lost your mind because it's like, well, who does that? Well, these guys do that. Like, these guys do just that. Hey, you know, they look at their wives. Hey, we're going to sell, like, the kitchen table and, like, all of our stuff because there's people in our community who are in need. These guys actually did it. That may sound crazy to you to come home and, like, there's no kitchen table in your house. It's like, where's the kitchen table? Oh, yeah, Dad sold it because some guy was in need. Like, you'd be like, that's crazy. Where are we going to sit? You'd think about all your problems. These guys were thinking about other people's problems. For them, being a part of it in their community, like, in their church, in their group, meant doing things that were just, like, shocking and, and some people think are crazy. Sometimes being a part of it means taking little steps that sometimes maybe don't make sense. 
All right, here's the last thing. It's on, uh, it's a verse uh, uh, 46. This is so good. Every day, all right, listen, quiet. I want you to repeat after me. Every day. Lame, you did a terrible job. Let's do it again. Ready? Every day. Still pretty bad. Here we go. You know what? Don't get down on yourself. Just do better, okay? Ready? Every day. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. What are the things that we do every day? Let's make a short list. Okay, now I'll start. I personally, I personally shower every day. Every day I shower. might seem weird, but I know to a lot of the boys are like, every day? That's, well, that's a waste of time. It's not a waste of time. Trust me, it's an investment in your future. I shower every day. What do you do every day? Every day, something you do, maybe something other people do too. What? You play football every day. It's a thing you do every day. What do you do? You go to sleep. Does everyone here go to sleep every day? All right, yeah, who's, yeah, you're the funny guy. There's like, I don't sleep every day. I only sleep three days out of the week. You're ridiculous. All right, what do you do? What? You do, wait, can you, hold on. Say it again. What's that? Are you serious? All right, well, let's talk about this after service because I want you doing that in, in JHM one weekend. What do you do every day? All right, who here eats food every day? All right. So good. All right, what are you? What do you do every day? You what? You move. every. Who moves every day? Every day they're like, I'm moving somewhere. Like they don't just stand still, okay? Here's the thing. Here's one thing everyone does every day without a doubt. Everyone breathes every day. Everyone's breathing right now. Ah, deep breaths, deep breaths. This is what I want you to hear. This is what I want you to hear. There are things that we do every day we do these things. Every single day there are things. I go to the bathroom every day. I eat food every day. I sleep every day. Uh, Hopefully, I pray every day, but I miss some days. There are things that I do every day. Listen, listen. These are the things that these guys do every day. Like if I was to be in their room and say, in their room to them and say, hey, who sleeps every day? Hey, who eats every day? Hey, who meets at the temple courts together every day? They'd all read, hey, they break bread in their homes and they eat together with glad and sincere hearts. Who's sincere with one another every day? They'd all raise their hands. This is something they do every day. Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. You want to know why God added to their number daily? Because who wouldn't want to hang out with people like this? No, seriously, think about it. Who wouldn't want to hang out with the people who are like, yeah, we all get along. Yeah, we all pray for each other. We care for each other. We get together every day with sincere hearts. You know what? Who wants to hang out with insincere people? No, seriously, think about this. Like, have you ever been around children? And a lot of you who act like children, have you ever been around children and, you know, you get into a fight or they're pushing and an adult, like the mature person, maybe you work on the port or, you know, mariners or something, you have a sibling, and they come up and they're like, hey, hey, stop what you're doing, stop what you're doing, hey, you guys need to apologize, say sorry to one another, and the one kid's sitting there like, I'm sorry, you know, and it's like, and it's like, and you just know that it's like, it's totally, I'm sorry, you know. And you just know that it's totally insincere. Like, you know that you re- he, they really don't mean that. Hey, what, what do I look like in what I'm wearing? You know, you do that thing like, hey, like, look at, look at what I'm wearing. 
Don't mind my ankles or my wrists. They're huge, but don't worry about that. Look at what I'm wearing. What do you think? And they're like, uh, you look great. And you just know that they're insincere, that they're lying to you. And that you like look at that and you're like, uh, I don't think you really think I look great. I think you think my ankles and wrists are huge. And maybe it might be true. And, but you know what it feels like when someone's insincere. We hate that feeling of someone being insincere, who saying something they don't really mean. Hey, I'll, I'll be your friend. Like, uh, hey, I care about you. Or, hey, I love you. But, but, but their actions don't support what they're saying. Like, that statement, while it may mean something, is completely insincere. They're not really meaning what they're saying. This group of people, they meant the stuff that they said. Like when they looked at the people in their life group and said, hey, I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm going to pray for you guys every day this week. They really meant that when they said that. Like they were sincere in how they felt. Like who wouldn't want to hang out with that person? Every day these were the things that they do, and they add to their number daily. And this is the best part, okay? Do you guys want to learn something really awesome? All right, this is going a little long. I'm going to wrap it up. Let's learn something awesome, okay? Who wants to learn a little bit of Greek? Who knows about Greek, the language of Greek? Percy Jackson, okay? All right. Oddly enough, also, a lot of people don't know this, the Bible, quiet, was originally written in Greek. It's very important stuff. A lot of people don't know that, but it's true. So if you're taking notes, you can write that down. Hey, Mom, Dad, did you know the Bible was originally written, the New Testament was originally written in Greek? That would be impressive to them. But here's the reason I'm bringing it up. Every day, that's like how, because, you know, when we take Greek, we translate it into English, like we lose a little bit. And, you know, it translates to every day for us. That's how we would say it, every day. But in Greek, like the way that the Bible was written, the way it was meant to the people who were getting it, every day just wasn't the word every day. It, the word every day for them conveyed a lifestyle. Like it wasn't just... Like, we say every day, we think of it like a task that we do. Like, every day we're going to, you know, we're going to brush our teeth. Every day we're going to get dressed. Every day we're going to make our bed. Every day we're going to do, and we think of it like tasks that we do every day. For them, every day, it was like a language of lifestyle. That it, it wasn't a thing that they did. This was who they were. Like, this is, when they woke up in the morning, these are the people that rolled out of bed. People who were sincere, who cared for one another, who prayed together. This, every day, this is just who they were waking up. These were the God people who wanted to be part of it. And it was done by taking, like, these big steps forward. And here's the thing. When you think, well, what does it mean to be, me to be part of it here in junior high? Like, what does it mean for me to be here on a weekend and be part of it? You know, who are we in junior high? That's, like, that's the big question for me. When we sit in this room and as I lead the junior high ministry, what does it mean for us to be part of it? What does it mean for us to be part of it for our friends, for new people that show up who never, listen, here's the thing that I love. Jackson showed up today. He's the best example right now. He didn't show up today because he just wants to hang, you know, see some people. He showed up today because he knew walking into this room, he's a part of junior high ministry. It doesn't matter where he lives or where he goes, he will always be part of JHM and this family. That is meaningful. And what does it mean for us to live that out every day, for it to be part of who we are? 
Last week, we asked a couple of students, what do you guys think about junior high weekends? What, what makes junior high weekends a place where you feel you can be part of it? And this, this, guys, these are some of their answers. I want you guys to watch it. It's up here on the screen. Everyone close your eyes. We're going to restart it. Ready? Hold on. Start over. Ready? Go. Hi, my name is John Austin. Julia. Hi, my name is Evelina. I'm in the eighth grade, and I love JHM Weekends because everyone's so welcoming. I love JHM Weekends because when I was a kid, weekends is when I came to church. It was where I met my favorite leader, a guy named Earl. I get to worship God with my friends. Yourself and worship God because I get to share God's love with other people. Well, you really can't describe it. It's just this feeling that you get after the end of the service, after everyone's sin. Are always entertaining and they always make me want to come back. Ditties! Makes me feel welcome. HM Weekends because it's fun, time to connect with your friends and get to know everyone around you. Because <laughs> we get to worship and I love Justin's message. Because I can learn about God in a very cool community. I love HM Weekends. I can connect with God in my to act like the sixth grader I am in my heart. That's so Jesus. I'm doing like 80 things at once. Hey. Don't judge me. Do something different. Okay, so my name's Lily and I really. Shh. Don't talk so fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that That's works. So good I'm dying at the face. Was that perfect? It's perfect. Did I, did I talk about Jesus enough? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> you always got to talk about Jesus enough in video. You, you, you got to talk about him enough. You know, those are some of the reasons they love junior high. Like, those are the reasons that they walk in here and they say, I want to be part of it. You know, what's the bottom line for today? What do I want you guys to take away? I want you to take away this. That to be part of it means that you take a step two. Like, it means you are taking a step forward and, and doing something to be part of it. Maybe for you, and I'm not talking like 10 steps forward. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not talking 10 steps forward. I'm talking to take a step forward. Maybe a step forward for you is joining a life group. You've never been in a life group and you're like, well, I want to be part of it in junior high. What do I do? You need to join a life group. Maybe a part of it for you is student leadership. Maybe a part of it for you, like your little step forward, is saying, hey, I'm going to go to winter camp. I usually, I don't like going to camps. I don't like doing that. If money is an issue, dude, I'll, t I'll figure out the money stuff. Those aren't your problems. That's between me and your parents. We'll figure all that out. If you're like, I'm going to go to winter camp, and that's my step forward. I'm going to take a step two. I'm going to invite that friend who, and I know it's, it's hard. I know why people don't invite friends sometimes, because you think, man, this is a real thing, by the way. You think, man, if I invite a friend to church, and it's that one weekend that, like, they do something weird and embarrass me, and they're like, why did you bring me here? I got to get that. Listen, I promise you, we will not embarrass you in front of your friends if you bring them to JHM. I promise you, we won't. Because we want you to be part of it. We want your friends to be part of it. Because that is what we're about in junior high. That is how you can be part of it. Just like they did in the book of Acts. It's so good. Read Acts chapter 2 this week. It's a really good book. You guys should read that. Uh, we're going to go into breakout groups. We're going to talk about this a little bit. And we're talking about it this week in life groups. It's going to be so good. Two more weeks of this series. Sunglasses and Frisbees that say be part of it. They're over at the snack bar. And if you steal one of these pens that say be part of it, I'm not going to hate you for it. Uh, boys. Get outside, leave, go, see you later. Girls, stay in here.
okay, I heard you. <laughs>